You're listening to Once, Episode 5, That Still Small Voice. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast all about ABC's Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jenny Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Dan Flynn. And we are so happy to have you back with us. Our website is oncepodcast.com and the show notes that for uh, this episode and screenshots that we mentioned and some of the overview of what we talk about will be at oncepodcast.com slash five. Now, if you're just joining us, then welcome, because we've been recording this now for five episodes, but probably by the time you're hearing us now, we've actually released the podcast to the public. So you might just be hearing us now. We are a bunch of friends who enjoy the TV show Once Upon a Time. Three of us have seen Lost. Jenny, my wife, has not seen Lost before. So we'll have some Lost crossovers and mentions, but we're not going to spoil anything Lost-related if you haven't seen Lost before. Jeremy and I host a comedy podcast over at cleancomedypodcast.com. Dan is a friend of ours, and Jenny, like I said, is my wife. Check out the show. Make sure that you're subscribed to it over at oncepodcast.com. And if you have feedback, we want to hear from you on everything that we mention. Email feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. That's right. I do nothing significant. <laughs> <laughs> you bring a unique perspective of, you know, the fairy tales better and you don't know Lost, which is good in this case, because a lot of people haven't seen Lost and don't want to see Lost. And this podcast is actually not very much about Lost because it's actually about Once Upon a Time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. So we're talking about episode five of Once Upon a Time, this, that still small voice, a synopsis of it. And I wrote this one myself. Oh, good job. Because TV.com didn't have one. So I just thought, well, really? I should be writing my own anyway. Oh, it's twice as long as theirs. Yeah. <laughs> Young Jiminy lives a life of thievery, but his conscience yearns for him to escape and do the right thing. His effort brings terrible consequences to an innocent family, and Jiminy wishes to be a cricket so he can be a guide to the newly orphaned Geppetto. In Storybrooke, Regina forces Dr. Hopper to change his methods with Henry. These new methods backfire, so Henry looks for proof in a mine that collapsed as a result of Emma's building roots in Storybrooke. I can tell you wrote that. It was as though I could hear it in your voice. <laughs> yeah, right. First off, overview what did you guys think of this episode because a lot of people on tv.com gave this episode much lower ratings really yes you it, just tainted our opinions oh i'm sorry i was gonna say it was amazing <laughs> now i'm gonna say eh. well i already told jeremy he was saying he really liked this one and i was like well i don't know i wasn't as thrilled with it but i i enjoyed like the stories and the different twists they had than what we were originally originally expect through jiminy cricket um but I had a lot of funny little remarks on how uh -huh. to save people, and we'll get into yes. that later. The fairy tale side was pretty strong, actually. The Storybrooke side was interesting and maybe more mysterious than normal, but it, yeah, it had a few um, holes, no pun intended. <laughs> Jenny, what did you think? 
It wasn't very action-packed. But it was it was interesting. I liked getting to know Jiminy. And I had always assumed that Jiminy was always a cricket. I didn't know how he came to be a cricket. I just always assumed that he was a cricket. Yeah. All of that backstory mm-hmm. of Jiminy Cricket was added, right? Because none of that's actually in Pinocchio. Right. Not the Pinocchio we know. Again, I don't know what's in the original The Pinocchio we stories, know. But I would imagine that they are writing this new for us. Ah. So they got all those story authors and told them, can you write this in for us? <laughs> they, they, if they did that, I don't uh, want to know how. I'm thinking also Pinocchio never, never actually would have been like a, a fake boy. A fake boy, that sounds weird. <laughs> a puppet, not a real boy. Because all the puppets are more in, you know, in this in this regard, a completely different twist on where the puppets came from. Mm-hmm. So you become real and then a puppet as opposed to Pinocchio story. So I'm wondering if they're not even going to include that. They're going to have some Pinocchio, mm-hmm. but... That, that yeah. is interesting. Like, we'll see what they do with Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about Pinocchio, I was also going to point out that we haven't met him yet. And I'm yeah, wondering well, if he's one of... Um, Mary Margaret's students, perhaps. Hmm. We've hmm. seen him. That's right. We haven't actually met him. We saw him at that round Gepetto's table. just like, me and my boy, and pats him on the shoulder. Yeah. Looking at this episode from a big picture overview, the title of it, that still small voice, that's actually a biblical reference to when God was revealing himself to Elijah, and it, there was this... Uh, this huge tornado, but God wasn't in the tornado. There was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. God shows his power in different ways, but he's not actually in those things. But then there was a still small voice, and that was the voice of God. I think it's really interesting that they're using that title for <laughs> this, referencing Jiminy Cricket, who is supposed to be, throughout this, they say Jiminy Cricket is a conscience. And they're mm-hmm. saying, that's the still small voice. Right. So from a biblical perspective that's a interesting twist that they put there that instead of god being the still small voice they say that your conscience is the still mm. small voice using biblical terms they're borrowing from mm-hmm. someone else's wood to build their own cabin <laughs> i think that's um i don't think they're the first to take that phrase and use it that way but yeah you're right so let's look at the fairy tale world first in somewhat chronological order, and we'll talk just about the fairy tale world as we go through this uh, first. At the beginning, we're introduced to Jiminy as he's a little boy that robs for his parents as his parents put on this puppet show. (laughs) And his parents are Martin and Myrna. Jiminy had a lot more hair back then. (laughs) Yeah. I think his parents probably could have just gotten on a stage and everyone would have thought they were ugly puppets and they could have just done the acting themselves without bothering with the puppets. I thought his mother was cute, but she had awful teeth. (laughs) Everybody has their opinion. And those puppets, those puppets were kind of big puppets too. At first you think they're little ones. No, those were his parents. Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But then when you later see Jiminy putting up the... Uh, set up in the rain you see one of the puppets sitting in the background and it's actually a sizable thing it's like half yeah. the size of a person those are large huh. puppets or maybe that was a different I didn't puppet they were that big. I, didn't they see. I think they were a cubit a cubit okay <laughs> that sounds nice. right. but in the beginning we see that jimmy brought all his stolen stuff back and for some reason he somehow stole a cricket 
without knowing it. Or maybe someone paid with a cricket that's in a little cage because he pulls it out of the bag and he says, oh, look, a cricket. Oh, yeah. And then his parents, his parents throughout this have an interesting back and forth with their dialogue and the way that they like complete each other's sentences or add to it. And they have this little speech that they give to him. Oh, a cricket. I love crickets. Crickets are trouble. Noisy bugs. But they get to do whatever they want. Hopping from place to place. They're free. You're free. To do what we want. To be who you are. And you are who you are. Well, maybe I want to be something else. Maybe I don't want to steal. Maybe I want to be good. All that from a cricket. Told you. Trouble. Good is another word for weak. Let us do the thinking for you. That's what parents are for. To help you. You are who you are, and there's no changing it, Jiminy. Ouch. Yeah. Was that a little anti-parent? <laughs> <laughs> a bit. And you are who you are. That theme, a couple themes that come up throughout this episode are the you are who you are or you are on the inside mm-hmm. and the fact of listening to your conscience. That's a strong theme throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And again, with the you can change, some people say you can't, that sort of thing. Kind of like last week. Yeah, so Jiminy wants to be free of his parents, and he's just getting so frustrated by this. He has a conscience, in a way, it seems, and he just gets irritated. Like when they go to that new town, he says, can't we just put on the show? But they're like, no, we we need this extra money. And I like the what they said about the economy and the way that they steal (laughs) from others. We steal from them and they steal from someone else. It's called an economy. We're a vital part of it. (laughs) (laughs) They seem to be okay with where they are. Yeah. They enjoy being thieves. They're very good at it. Well, they also look, they look for power in the thievery because um, Martin says good is another word for weak. Mm-hmm. so definitely have that idea of like he doesn't want to appear weak so he's going to steal from others and he's you know it's his own way of feeling strong and you know getting himself like a backbone by telling other <laughs> people you know to do the little puppet show and then take from them without their knowledge so i think he shows his weakness in that statement hmm. how old do you suppose jiminy was in that scene five years younger than his parents Five years younger than his parents. (laughs) It is funny because I almost think he looks older in the once befores or in the fairy tale land Mm. than he does in Storybrooke. I think he looks kind of the mm. same. It's just probably the glasses and the 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 balding. He looks more bald. He's also wearing like this little kid's outfit. I mean, Mm. and seeing a grown man in that outfit makes him look even older so yeah it definitely threw me for a loop too i thought he looked older although he, he does his voice different and his whole mannerism is completely mm-hmm. different in fairy tale land he did a really good job with that the actor hmm. did of displaying his mannerisms different in that in fairy tale land he's much more reserved and timid about things yeah i mean he looked well old enough to have um quote rebelled against his parents if he didn't want to be yeah. i mean really he, he looks like he's in his 40s and his parents haven't aged a day he couldn't have found a way to strike out on his own by now yeah <laughs> if it doesn't happen now it's probably not going to happen until you poison someone <laughs> the only way to get away what were they going to do maybe they were going to hunt him down but i mean i'm getting a little bit ahead but really he had to 
<laughs> get this potion in order to get away from them. Yeah, it's not like, hey, mom and dad, I'm moving out. It's like, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to secretly kill you and then run away. And that's how I'm going to move out because that's the best way. Well, a little boy, while he was setting up the uh, setup in the rain, <laughs> a little the setup. Setup. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, whatever, the puppet stage in the rain, this little boy was talking to him and he could tell he didn't like it. And he, the little boy said, why don't you do something else? And Jiminy's response was, it's who I am. Mm, and that true. obviously comes from the influence of his parents saying, you are who you are. But mm. they do talk a lot. So I guess he's just been listening to that for a long time. It sounded totally rehearsed. I mean, I know it was a script, but the idea, <laughs> <laughs> the idea, the way the parents say it, it's like, boom, 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 boom. This is what we've said a hundred times. And we're going to say it to you again because we know it works and it brainwashes you. Yeah. Right? It's like he's been brainwashed. I mean, why else would he stay there with his parents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's been told that this is the right thing to do, and it seems like he's very sensitive to doing the right thing. So maybe that's what's kept him. And his parents put a guilt trip on him whenever he talks about leaving. Yeah, I'm getting south. old. I'm burning <laughs> sensations. I what, I'm lost in weird places. Yeah. By the way, burning sensations. <laughs> that was too vague for my comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the way she said it. Like her mouth moved really funny while she was saying yeah, burning true. sensations. <laughs> they they were so totally acting. Yeah. I mean they're actors acting as actors. And they you notice they kept the money from him, like he didn't get any of it. Yeah. Mm. Did they keep keep the cricket too? I actually didn't oh. I missed the part that he found the cricket in there. I thought he captured the cricket and I forgot it came from the bag. So he stole a cricket. Well, yeah. his dad pulled it out of the cage at the end of that. Wasn't even squirming. <laughs> yeah. And his dad does the little magic sleight of hand trick. Yeah. And then he just says problem solved. So you don't see what happens to the cricket. Maybe he just scrunched in, in his hands or he just threw it off to the side. Yeah. I'm assuming that they don't let him have any of it. It seems like he's always handling it. And it seems like he's, he's yeah, it seems like he's handling it. But that's all. Like, they don't let him have any. But he's got such a amazing respect for crickets. Jiminy does. Like, of all creatures, he's like, crickets have so much freedom. They can hop wherever they want to. Yeah, going on this... <laughs> yeah, where, did, I, where I, did that even come from? That was kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, the idea that he sort of was intrigued by this cricket and wanted to become a cricket made me a little freaked out because I just found out crickets only live about two to eight months. But when he became a cricket, the fairy said to him you will live as long as you need to yeah in order to help geppetto oh so geppetto gets old and dies he dies too yeah but he didn't get to because i don't think he was asking Hmm. he wasn't asking to live forever necessarily i would (laughs) in the the um story geppetto doesn't die like it it ends before he dies yeah we just assume that being an old man eventually he got even older and Moved on. <laughs> Did you, or actually it was Dan who pointed this out, the castle in the background of this little town. Mm-hmm. When he was setting up. Yeah. It's not the main castle, Snow White's castle. I compared it. Snow White's castle is on a lake or river, some kind of body of water, and it's lower. The castle that we see behind this little village is up on a hill, and it's completely different architecture. I don't think it's the Queen's Castle either. We didn't get to see oh, too much of the evil Queen's Castle. But there is a castle in the background. 
Well, yeah, if you're going to steal from people, you might, have, might as well steal where there's a rich castle nearby. I thought it looked similar to the one with the fireworks, which would have been the castle Cinderella, Cinderella ended uh, up in. Could have been. This one had red roofs or orange roofs. Oh. Roofs. 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 <laughs> the tops of them were orange. <laughs> <laughs> Towers. So moving on, uh, Geppetto, not Geppetto. Well, yeah, Geppetto gives Jiminy an umbrella, and then he keeps that one. Which is neat, because you don't really realize he's Geppetto at that moment. Mm -hmm. I did like that. Yeah, you see this kid and his kindness, and then you see him again later and his sadness. Well, they have something in common. They both like crickets. Yes. Because the kid was... Oh, I think oh, yeah. was, he went out there. To, he wasn't watching him set up. He didn't go out there to watch him set up. He went up. He went out there to listen to the crickets. He said. And Jiminy had said something about that he doesn't get to listen to the crickets anymore, or he had forgotten to listen to the crickets. I think uh, he'd forgotten. Yeah, because yeah, if they live kind of outside and they don't have a soundproof house, it would be hard for his parents <laughs> to <laughs> keep this grown man from listening to crickets. <laughs> uh... So then. In desperation to try and overcome this, Jiminy goes to Rumpelstiltskin. Who apparently he sees regularly, giving him Mm -hmm. stuff in exchange for gold thread. But this time, as Rumpel tends to do, he kind of already knows you want something more. Something magic. Before you get to that, too, are you going to say it? Go ahead. You're probably going to say the idea that he he said, oh, and the names? He wanted the names of the people that he had stolen from, which... I like and and you say it because the collection. Well, um, I'll, I'll go ahead. Oh, am I messing it up? I'm, st- I'm still thinking. Of something <laughs> You're messing else, it all up. I'm messing all <laughs> messing up all the things. Oh, but yeah, we'll, he's, we'll he's, get to that in a moment. Add to his. Cl- oh, I can't talk. The the other nope. thing. Well, <laughs> the other thing before Jiminy spoke. Did you notice how Jiminy stayed quiet? Like he didn't say a single thing to Rumpelstiltskin. When Rumpelstiltskin asked for the names, Jiminy holds up a piece of paper and puts it down. Oh. He doesn't speak to Rumpelstiltskin until Rumpelstiltskin asks him and actually gets to the issue that's bothering Jiminy. Did the paper have names, presumably? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. How did they know the names? I don't know. Well, that's interesting. They took the credit card out with the crickets and right. they <laughs> see which cricket went to who. And <laughs> <laughs> So then we get to... Uh, Rumpelstiltskin makes the... Before we move on, Go ahead. I wanted to... Um, did anybody notice what he was spinning? It looked like wool, but the fairy tale says that he can spin hay. Hay or cotton? I think it's hay. Okay, like this... the fairy tale is hay. Spin hay into gold. Because it's impossible. Yeah. And it looked oh, like he was I can do wool. it. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's called Once Upon a Time, and it's about fairy tales. And this is the one thing you point out that's impossible. But we see we see Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> using magic here. I think that's Jenny's point: is that he's actually doing the impossible here. We see him use magic. Well, twice. he's doing his thing. Like yeah. he's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> he spins. He spins. I got this. Gold. <laughs> it's right at that point too. It's like, it's, is it cotton? Are we going to say it's cotton? I was thinking it looked, I, like, I cotton. It looked like cotton or wool. 
Yeah. But it looked like okay, what did, or whatever what it was. I couldn't tell what, but what was it's in like, the piles. Here on it's the spinning, and then boom, then it's gold. There's no transition of it turning slightly to gold, and then finally gold. It's just like, it just comes out the like other. The end magic gold. starts yeah. right in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do it. Did you notice Rumpelstiltskin is doing this in a library? No, mm-hmm. is he? I didn't. Notice. I thought he just had books. Well, he had books all around. <laughs> well, it almost looked like the Beauty and the Beast library. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like from the Disney um, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it almost did look like that, now that you say that. And yeah. now all that Beauty and, well, the Beast's entire library collection can fit into one Kindle, Kindle Fire. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> no, that's magic. That's a mouthful. That is magic. <laughs> so Rumpelstiltskin makes, yes, this, on my words. makes this potion, and he <laughs> alludes to another fairy tale when he's mentioning how you can use this potion yeah this will set you free pour it sprinkle it put it in their curds and whey <laughs> anything will work i i found rumpelstiltskin to be annoyingly enthu- annoyingly enthusiastic <laughs> like I, I usually find him to be annoyingly enthusiastic but he's entertaining. He's entertaining, but he's just so animated. We and... love to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm appreciating him more as time goes by. And he's an amazing actor. Too. Yeah, exactly. I realize that. Anything I like work. how he's so serious in, in Storybrooke, and he has this completely different personality when it comes into uh, the fairy tale world. Yeah. Yeah. In Storybrooke, he's quite subdued. But still quite annoying. Yeah. I think all children will not eat their curds and whey anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They'll suspect that there's gold juice in it. Gold juice? Gold juice. Ugh. Dan, <laughs> now mention what you were going to talk about with the collecting thing. The thing that I couldn't really yes, remember the whole thing and I was going to ask you to help me oh, with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The idea, like when he gives the, the list of names, he has... Um, I don't have the quote, but um, Rumpelstiltskin says... Uh, you know, for his collection, like the names are for his collection. Or it was, it was actually when Rumpelstiltskin said that he was going to give this potion to Jiminy and Rumpelstiltskin said, but you don't have anything to offer. Mm. That's when he Mm. said, tell you what, you leave them where they are and I'll come collect them. Once it's done its work. Yes. (laughs) Now the phrase, the phrase collect them, that's, a simple thing like you know garbage collection you pick up something that's not necessarily <laughs> nice. people are collecting like garbage. baseball collection something more <laughs> well that's but yeah. that's the other thing yeah is we see in storybrook then that mr gold is a pawn shop dealer and antique salesman person and Thanks. he's he collects these things and I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's why he wants these weird things, is he likes collecting things. Hmm. Jiminy uses this, but accidentally. It's crazy that Rumpelstiltskin would put it in the same exact kind of bottle that the Elf Elixir <laughs> comes in. He planned Which that. the Elf Again Elixir the is only rainwater. I loved that thing that's going on in the, the room with that little couple is that the two parents are being so dramatic and they're rehearsing their lines <laughs> and Jiminy is just like oh no you're going to die you need elf tonic I loved that line <laughs> like you could you could almost 
see the sarcasm dripping off of him. <laughs> and it still worked. Oh no, Fear you're going powerful. to die. You need elf tonic. <laughs> he said it so moaningly too. <laughs> oh. You could tell that he really hates his life when he said that. And then, and then the mother is like, I think we could find a few things. And <laughs> she comes back with this collection as if she came out, out of Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Like she's got this sack of stuff. And the little couple is so happy that the they got couple. their elf they are They're not little couple. yet. They're still big Aww. people. They but become they, little couples. They were a cute <laughs> little couple. That's what Jiminy's parents called them. And the man had an afro. Did anybody notice his afro It was not afro an afro. <laughs> what? It looked like a big curly afro thingy. It, it did not. <laughs> well, the puppet did. Oh, the puppet had an afro. That might be a little true. It's kind of sad. I was sad for him. Even though he's doing the wrong thing, I was sad that he was still... Getting it wrong. And that's, <laughs> that's what was really weird is here he's so disturbed that his parents are doing bad things and he wants to do the right thing. He wants to follow his conscience. And so how does he come up with an idea to do that is deception. Kill his parents or do something to his parents. And that's the way that he can then do right. It's like trying to use the ends to justify the means. Yeah. He decided to fling the tonic, or not the tonic, the stuff. So he didn't sprinkle it or pour Flinging it. Flinging or... is stupid. Do you ever like throw water at somebody and you get it on yourself too? I Flinging mean, is stupid. <laughs> Overheard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He could have done Flinging the same thing to stupid. himself. And it could have landed on crickets and other things like nearby. <laughs> just grass. <laughs> Little marionette ant. <laughs> How would you tell? It looks like it just poof, disappears. <laughs> yes. Maybe we get bigger. <laughs> moving on <laughs> I want to know more about how this potion works on other things darn it answer my questions okay. well if you put you it can, on puppets it maybe turns boy. them into real yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I know I know I'm I know if maybe Pinocchio was maybe a real boy before he was a puppet and then a real boy again yes that's yeah, redundant a real boy again Dang it, I'm a puppet. <laughs> Ron Fairytale. I wonder if we'll ever see Cusco or Shrek. That would be funny. No, that wouldn't be funny. He's not no. Disney. And Donkey! Oh my. I liked the thing that his mom said when she came into the house. She was like, your cobbles are so even. <laughs> That's real thatch. <laughs> Fairytale world problems. Uneven cobbles. <laughs> Jiminy was horrified when he saw what the potion did to these people, and he meant that potion to be for his parents, and they're just so flippant about this. And I wonder if his parents knew that he had some kind of foul intentions for them. Because they even said, yeah, when he, when he um, said, oh, what do you think? We're that frail? A little rainwater is going to hurt us? And then, oh, you must, you, we must have switched it on you or something. Well, but, certainly it looked different when they opened it. And the mom says, I hope it wasn't dangerous. And she <laughs> has this evil grin on her face. Yeah. Then Geppetto comes in. As <laughs> okay, this, boy. this part made me laugh because if i walked in and i saw two puppets there i'd be like oh mommy and dad daddy got me puppets <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't go mama papa what happened what did you do <laughs> like how did he know that was his parents does that happen i think it was the town? look of dread on jiminy's face that gave it away and the puppets did kind of look like 
his parents. I would have assumed that, oh no, the dread, dreaded face was, this person did a really bad job on the puppets that look like my parents. <laughs> Maybe I, he's been exposed to magic before. <laughs> so Jiminy then goes out and wishes upon a star and wants first the boy's parents to come back and the fairy says, I can't do that. But instead, she offers to him some way that he can help the boy because he's going to face many challenges through his life. So a way that he can help the boy. And then the crickets get deafeningly loud (laughs) and Jiminy decides that he wants to be a cricket. Yeah, because that's his his solution for escaping his parents. Not just confronting them and saying, hey, I'm leaving now. Fine. His solution is to be turned into a cricket. He just turned into a cricket and hopped away. Wait a minute. So we basically have this Jiminy guy who doesn't like his parents. He he tries to kill his parents and then wishes to become a cricket. And now he's the counselor of a little boy? Exactly. Like, that seems like he should be the one being counseled. Well, he's learned a few things, presumably. Let's hope so. Let's let's hop so. <laughs> I mean, uh, wah, wah, wow. <laughs> um, so that's then when the fairy says the little boy's name is Geppetto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was neat because we were always thinking, oh, it's Pinocchio, it's Pinocchio. Because that's the way the Disney character taught us when we were young little kids. I thought that was a cool part of the story. Made mm. me gasp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa. <sighs> no way. Then they don't even have a little cricket who speaks English. No. He chirps, and we get subtitles. <laughs> yes. Which like, leaves me wondering how everybody else understands yeah. him. But it's like, okay, we've delivered a copy of Rosetta Stone Cricket to Geppetto, so he would be... <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about with Fairy Tale Land? <laughs> Moving on then to Storybrook. In Storybrook, immediately from the beginning... Henry is with the counselor and he says there's they're talking about the crickets and who Jiminy is and or who Dr. Hopper or Archie is and Henry says this Your conscience. You hope people see right from wrong. So all of the crickets in Storybrook they were once people too. There aren't any crickets here. Listen. And there's apparently an owl there. <laughs> I was thinking. Did you guys notice, before seeing this episode, did you notice that there weren't any crickets? Of course no. I did. Why? I didn't did you not? not? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. The bigger question here is, who is the owl? <laughs> Actually, there are Uh-oh. other animal noises later on that I'll, I'll mention. That. I know which one. Yeah. <laughs> I so, think... Dachshund has a good idea of where all the crickets went. They got eaten up by angry birds. <laughs> In our live chat room. <laughs> yeah, which we do the show live normally, and we don't have a set schedule yet. <laughs> but we will soon. I like that quote. So you you guys I didn't did notice. notice. You didn't notice. No, I was just being sarcastic. How would we notice that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we would have noticed if there was a deafening silence. Like, as deafening as it is when the crickets are chirping it's sort of like noise static buzzing yeah it's easy to miss that they're not there or they are there sometimes yeah. but it would be a nice little touch if we go back and watch the other episodes and realize 
there aren't crickets when there should be, like when it's dark and such. Or when someone says something awkward and no one says anything for a few seconds. Yeah. Then then Emma is at the sheriff's office and Sheriff Graham gives her the badge. Well, first he gives her a shirt and a tie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great lines from her. What did she say? It's like, you don't have to dress me up like a man. Yeah. To get people to do what I say or something like that. To to give her authority. Oh. And then he said, you think you can get people to do what you want in that? In that red coat? (laughs) I'm getting you to do what I want right now. (laughs) She throws the shirt down. Which I'd like to mention, I think it's pretty funny that uh, Sheriff Graham can nominate and and hire on Emma to be, um, was she sheriff? What was the best? She's deputy. That's right. To be deputy when there was a rule that... You know, she could not live inside the apartments because she was a felon. <laughs> yes. You cannot be yeah, in the that. hotel, but we can make you ruler of all the land. <laughs> Assistant, ruler. Assistant ruler. Deputy. <laughs> and by the way, have you noticed that it seems that law enforcement is the perfect position when you have a story and someone comes somewhere and they don't live there, but they for some reason need to stay. Any story that you have, it seems they either already are or they become law enforcement because that gives them <laughs> the perfect reason to stay and the authority mm. and ability to go poking their noses in all over town. Gee, this sounds like Eureka. That's convenient. Eureka Haven, <laughs> if anybody has seen that show. It just seems to be kind of a staple of the I'm in a weird place, but I need to stay and get in everyone's business type of story. Mm. I have warrants for all the things and I can see everything. That's why I'm going into law enforcement. So Emma puts on this badge and then an earthquake happens. Boom. And everyone is out by these mines that uh, collapsed. And that's when... (laughs) Well, they weren't already. They just ended up there because of the explosion boom thing. (laughs) Presumably. If earthquakes happen when she put on the badge, imagine if she did put on the whole uniform. (laughs) 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 Or just keep putting on and off the badge. Earthquake? No earthquake. Earthquake? No earthquake. Oh my. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when the mayor then discovers that Emma has been hired on as a deputy. She's my new deputy. They say the mayor's always last to know. It's in my budget. Indeed. I foresee some very awkward city council meetings in the future. (laughs) Maybe the next city council meeting will be very different. (laughs) Then the mayor just instantly is like so optimistic about this and so reassuring to the people. She tells all of these people that have gathered around that she gives them this little moving (laughs) speech. People of Storybrook, don't be alarmed. We've always known this area was honeycombed with old mining tunnels, but fear not. I'm going to undertake a project to make this area safe, Ooh. to rehabilitate it into city use. Yes. We will bulldoze it. Yes. Collapse it. Yes. Pave it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and the town goes wild. Uh, You're says, supposed to say woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who says fear not? That was hilarious. Evil queens. Little evil queen <laughs> tendencies coming out. And the way she they says, not citizens. the way she says, pave it just sounds like, 
I'm sharing this because I know the townspeople are going to think this is the best idea ever. Her, her timing there. It's like Steve Jobs pave making it. an announcement for something about the iPhone. And we're going to pave it. Because if old mines collapse underneath pavement, nothing bad will happen <laughs> ever. But they're going to collapse them before they pave. Oh, right, right. That's I think be it's interesting. strange. It implies that she knows something about these mines, especially Whoa. when she picks up yeah. the glass. Henry thinks so. And puts it in her pocket. Yeah. And she wants to hide it, paving it. And I love how Henry totally like calls out his mom and everything in front of everybody yeah. and thinks, what are you doing? She doesn't have any con- control over him at all. Interesting that she doesn't put a spin on any of it, though, and try to be like, oh, <laughs> she just she tells Hopper, he thinks everything I do is because I'm an evil queen. Fix it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, she threatens him. Yes, yeah. she does. Because she's just so mad that these methods aren't working. They seem to be reinforcing Henry's beliefs. So she makes this mean threat against him. Sometimes I think you've forgotten. You work for me. You're an employee. And I can fire you. This is my town. You will lose your office, lose your house. I can cut you down to size until you're a tiny, shrunken little creature. And this <laughs> will be the only roof over your head. I thought that was ironic because that <laughs> totally describes Jiminy Cricket. Yes. He's a shrunken little creature with no roof over his head but an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> like go ahead oh. i'll chirp outside your house every <laughs> night i'll be your conscience and did you guys notice the shirt that regina was wearing nope was it kind it, of charcoal it, it or looks black? like the same shirt that henry stole for oh, yeah for emma that gray silk shirt so did she steal it back i don't know I I just, she has copies. i noticed <laughs> i noticed it wardrobe messed up so i thought i'd share did you notice <laughs> In that same clip, also the crows in the background. <laughs> no, I didn't. Know. As she was speaking, there were crows going in the background, <gasps> circling over something dying. And it's kind of, I'm wondering if that's a hint towards something. I've gotten, I've got this vague feeling that I've noticed crows in the backgrounds of various <gasps> things and just thought, I can't think of any connection to make with crows, so I dismiss I can. it. You Go can. Ahead, Maleficent had a crow or raven. In the fairy story, like the real really? Disney movie. She like that was her first pet. And oh. it was it was turned into stone by one of the fairies. Oh, yeah. And I haven't seen that. It's strange so that she has a unicorn next. <laughs> <laughs> From crow to unicorn. <laughs> Why not? She Why not? always needs a pet. <laughs> As a companion. Yeah, that makes sense <laughs> it's now. It's like one of those self-help books, you know, from riches, from rags to riches, from like from crow to unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense now that Maleficent wanted a pet. Yeah. Because she lost her first pet. So now that makes sense to me. And mm. it's far healthier than taking your father's heart and using it to start the darkest <laughs> curse ever. Yep. The curse to end That's all curses. True. Yes. So Henry thinks that this is because Emma did something that she made a change and she she's grabbing the badge as he's saying this to her she doesn't respond but she grabs the badge as if she's realizing i did do something different i did change something Mm. i wonder how much she's starting to actually question things i think Mm -hmm. we might be seeing that that she's starting to question could this be real She's Some not of these things. fighting too hard against these notions anyway. She actually, you could tell that she paused. She was like, 
Did that have something to do with me putting on the badge? <laughs> Let me put it on again and see what happens. <laughs> I think maybe it's just unbelievable to her. Like, yeah. I think she's still like a non-believer. Yeah. Maybe the hints are for us. I really wonder how long will it take before she does believe it? And how is that going to change these episodes and her behavior and all of this? Mm-hmm. And it's. I think it's going to be exciting. Henry's recruiting people, whether they really believe or not. Like Dr. Hopper knows everything. <laughs> so now he's officially part of Operation Cobra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny. While all this is happening, Marin Margaret's playing hangman with... <laughs> oh, yeah. And he keeps going like... David... <laughs> yeah typical like you know pickup line oh i wouldn't hang you i'd <laughs> yes, that's give you so typical shoes and toes and hats hats and a horse which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> yeah go galloping through the forest i'll draw little ogres and troll bridges <laughs> <laughs> you're you're expounding upon this a little bit <laughs> dang man you have to to save somebody and it is interesting that he mentions a horse mm-hmm because I have a theory that he might have been Prince Charming. <laughs> You're spoiled. <laughs> but when he and Mary Margaret go on this walk outside, he says this. I'm trying to remember this place. It's like it's like I woke up in some strange land. And to him, he did wake up in a strange land. Yeah. Hmm. So I wonder, is he actually having conflicting memories that he's kind of remembering some of fairy tale world, but now he's in this strange land and he can tell he doesn't belong here. In the land where dogs are called Ajax. <laughs> Who yeah. calls a dog Ajax? Yeah. By the way, I thought it was really interesting that Catherine didn't bring any pictures of David and Catherine together. Hmm. She brings a picture of their dog. Maybe she burned them all when he left. <laughs> They're not real. <laughs> and I, like I said before, I want to know, or I'm curious as to whether these are the false memories Catherine has always had in Storybrooke, or whether Regina created them as her contingency plan when David woke up. It's basically like the Men in Black little phaser that you can flash in someone and like, <laughs> this is your real life. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he did mention that Mary Margaret is the only thing that feels right to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he, among all the other characters, that the normal characters, I think in some way he has some kind of memory that did carry over. And that's why he, of everyone else, senses something is beyond the current world or something is different or something is strange about this world that he's in and he did wake up with snow white reading the story of them two uh you know basically reading the story of them two together yeah and well henry him out. henry had her do that so that he might remember that's mm-hmm. why he said that she should remember who he is mm-hmm. so maybe he's remembering Kind of. By the way, speaking of the dog Ajax, do you notice that there's a dog Pongo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The Dalmatian. We've seen him in the first episode, too. Yeah. Did we hear the name in the first episode? No. Wait, that we heard the name in this episode? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. It's a couple times, I think. The name Pongo, mm-hmm. it, or a few times. 
it's used. Isn't it strange that all the characters are mixed up, mm-hmm. but Granny and Little Red are together, and so are um, Geppetto and uh, Jiminy. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the only pairs that I've seen actually together. But Pongo is here. Yeah, and Pongo belongs and no to... 101 Dalmatians. Somebody we haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen him yet. Forget his name. Well, it, no, Pongo belongs to Archie. Uh, well, no, no, no. Oh, in, in the real story, okay. Pongo does not belong to Archie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pongo belongs with Purdy. Maybe this is the real story and they're just revealing the truth to us. <laughs> I have trouble mixing 101 Dalmatians with other things that i would actually call fairy tales yeah i i daniel had mentioned you'd mentioned yeah. that as well too <laughs> you would think snow white would be like what is this place you live in <laughs> what are these motorized these horseless carriages <laughs> and why do you have so many stinking dogs <laughs> <laughs> but i wonder if now that emma is here perhaps pongo is going to find a mate and they're going to have 101 puppies and then everyone will remember, and it'll be like magic. Everybody gets a puppy. <laughs> and you get a puppy. And you get a puppy. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Even Pongo's separated from his mate. Yeah. No happy endings <laughs> No happy for endings Pongo. for Pongo. And Geppetto doesn't have his little boy Pinocchio yet. Yeah. I think we're going to find him at school. With so, Mary Margaret. I hmm. think. I predict that we will find him in school. He'll have a big nose. <laughs> you think he's a good boy? Because if he leaves school and says, I did go to school, you'll see this one kid with this really long nose walking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Henry, Henry gets mad at Dr. Hopper because of now he's saying it's just a fantasy. Get rid of it. He's now employing the mayor's tactics in this and henry gets mad and he wants to go find proof and henry is mm-hmm. so set on there is something in these minds that his mom the evil queen is trying to cover up look i just need to say that that was the most pathetic cry acting i've ever <laughs> yeah, seen yeah. oh poor henry i know poor henry but it was bad so he goes into the caves and he finds a piece of glass with at first i thought it looked like a chicken's foot on it because it's shaped in that way i Except was thinking it'd be really big yeah, or <laughs> chicken's missing his foot this is a sad story <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was a claw from a dragon or something like that emma and dr hopper then go after henry to try and find him and in this process the mine then collapses and by the way props to abc and the producers of this for making a good looking earthquake from the outside from the fact that <laughs> rocks are actually tumbling fresh tumbling rocks and all of that from the outside (laughs) instead of just shaking the camera to say whoa it's an earthquake dr hopper gets locked inside trapped trapped henry sees something when they get together henry sees something shiny in the very bright dark cave it's a chicken foot (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's a chicken the rest of the chicken is down there killed my joke now part of all of this stuff that happens in the mine, the this is where the logic of the episode starts to break down a little bit as you think about where they're going and how deep down they must be and distances and sound and how all of, all of this carries. This is where the episode defies logic and some of that stuff. 
but we'll pass beyond that and just go with the way that they're telling us. All right. So apparently Henry can see something all the way down. What do you think it was that he saw that was shiny? He said there's something shiny down there. Do you think he saw the glass coffin? Do we think that's what it was? I think so. It's Snow White's glass coffin for when she was trapped in the very first scene of episode one. Yeah, but was he seeing that at that moment? Because... It didn't really show you what he was looking at. Right. But it Mm. was implying that maybe... He could have seen something else. That coffin was at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe he was seeing that direction from a different angle, but that was pretty far down. Maybe he saw the key to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and he did pick up a piece of glass, and I think maybe he put it in his backpack. Yeah, they didn't show that he put it in his backpack. He kept it. He did keep it. Think he kept it? Yeah, I think so. It's the same. It looks like the same piece that his mom got, and like we mentioned earlier, it looks like the chicken foot on it. (laughs) Uh, but he keeps his and Regina throws hers into that hole later thinking that maybe she's hiding. The first time I watched it, I thought she had taken it away from him and I had forgotten that she picked up her own piece. Mm -hmm. How did it get there, by the way, on the surface? (laughs) I I don't know. Huge explosion. I guess it belched it onto the surface. (laughs) Just the one piece and another one toward the entrance of the mine so Henry could find that one. But nothing else. Although I guess if Emma putting on a badge can trigger the implosion, explosion, whatever it was, in the first place, maybe some of the glass went to some strategic spots. Yeah. And Regina is using the collapsing of a little a little collapse of a little mine outside of town to explain the earthquake that everyone felt. They're you, not. <laughs> or, you or don't think sense. that that's what it was? Well, maybe. Okay, I, I could. That's a stretch, I guess. But that's people aren't talking about an earthquake after it happens. They're talking about the mine having collapsed. Yeah. But inside of the mine, Archie and Henry get to have some in-depth conversation about who they really are and about the beliefs. And Henry says this then to Archie. I think you can be a good person. I mean, you're Jiminy Cricket. Henry... Henry, Jimmy Cricket was a, he was a cricket, okay? He was a conscience, and, and, and I hardly think that's me. But before he was that, he was a guy who took a long time to figure out the right thing to do. That kind of sounds like me. Now it's harder for you because of the curse to hear the voice inside of you, to be who you want to be. I love that line. Jimmy Cricket was a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> You know, almost every page of that book of Henry's has gigantic pictures, but there's a lot of information packed into it somehow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I took a screenshot and read the page. It does have a lot of content. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) Well, okay, then. Is it relevant content? It was was the one about Dorothy and the flying monkeys. Your favorite page to study. The only page they've shown. Show me more, ABC. (laughs) <laughs> and Archie asked this question twice. Why do you think it's so important that your your fairy tale theory is true? Because this can't be all there is. I thought if I found proof, but I didn't find anything. Well, it's not true. 
I was lost and you found me, right? You mean, you remember? No, I, I, I don't remember, but I, I do remember the kind of person I want to be. Like cricket. <laughs> <laughs> More like he wants to be a person who follows his conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He realized that he, they're in this situation because he ignored his conscience and he did what Regina had told him to do because of threatening him. And so he's got this new resolve now that he knows who he wants to be. Do you think Archie will be among the first people to realize who he really is? Most likely. And he'll probably start hopping. (laughs) (laughs) And chirping. (laughs) Hopping and chirping. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stretch. (laughs) Yeah, he may be. I don't know. What did you guys think of the bright idea that the people up top had of blowing up the entrance? <laughs> um, that is just not how you go about search and rescue. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that, I even said well, that the first time I saw it. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> what if they're on the other side of the rock wall? <laughs> Everybody knows yeah, exactly. you carefully excavate and dig your way in. You don't just blow it. <laughs> and blow it's funny, it. too. Uh, Geppetto says the most profound statement of... Well, if we knew exactly where they were, we could drill down to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true. He's Marco. um, uh, I can't remember his last name now, but Marco is his first name. Yeah. Okay. In Storybrooke. Yeah, in Storybrooke. Yeah, at the beginning, he and um, Archie were going to have lunch Mm -hmm. together. Yeah, and they're they're great friends after this happens. They're like all talking and Archie is telling the story of everything that happened and they're real good buddies together. Regina's behavior was interesting. She seemed to show genuine concern for Henry more than just the controlling type. She was willing to go down into the mine herself, but let Emma do it because that would she had more chance of succeeding. She was actually willing to work with Emma. Mm-hmm. She was and, willing to go down shows, in the mine. Ask her for help. Who's the real mother? Like the one who, who voluntarily tries to do something that could risk her life to save her son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they both but, did though. But the one who volunteers <laughs> and the one who actually end up do, do, the, doing it. it. There well, we go. Regina would have used just some of her like witch magic to bring Henry up. So that <laughs> oh was just, she didn't have as much of a you know <laughs> much to risk. Did you notice how much Emma? had mother tendencies as soon as she was pulled up actually it's kind of in the background a little bit but as soon as she was pulled up and standing on ground she was trying to get the harness off to go see that henry was all right hug him and hold him and all of that but then they they follow i guess someone else walking off the screen so she's in the background and you see that happening but then there's that more foreground incident where she comes up and she runs up to henry and she's like are you all right she's being Mm-hmm. A mother to Henry. And then the mayor just cuts her off and says, go do your job. Mm-hmm. And that Clear look on crowd. her face. Yeah. yeah. That makes me hate her all the she, more. Regina's <laughs> back, in other words. And, and Emma. <laughs> Moment over. Yeah. I think maybe two things are going on in Emma's mind. One is she is extremely angry that Regina is just cutting her off like that. And the other thing in Emma's mind is that. Maybe she just suddenly realized, whoa, I'm having care and concern for this boy. I saw regret in her eyes. The idea, like, she realized she can't have him because of her past decision. Yeah. 
and that mm. she wishes she never gave him up and uh you know the the things that she is missing out now Dr. Hopper later mentions, and I'll play the clip in a moment, but later mentions a custody battle that could someday happen. <laughs> do you think Emma's going to try and actually do a legal custody battle for Henry? Yeah, it's possible. Regina? I think it's going to be well, taking place that. in the fairy Emma. world. Emma, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Well, even before that, I thought it was funny the way that Archie survived in the cave. Like, I thought it was funny that his umbrella was like the fact that he bought his umbrella is kind of funny. But I guess he always has that thing. Well, Luck. he's hanging there from the umbrella and he has this big grin on his face. Like, oh, cool. The umbrella is I'm thinking, me. grab him <laughs> because he's just hanging there by his umbrella. And nobody is grabbing him. But the funny thing, too, is when they get taken out of the, the little pit area, Someone, they're, they're reaching up, they're saving him, and then someone just snatches his umbrella from him. It's like, dude, he could have just fallen. You just took the one thing that was holding this guy up. But he had a rope on him. Yeah. And somehow he got a rope somehow. around him. Yeah, somebody must have sent down another rope. Another little hole somewhere. They made yeah. us think yep. that he died, too. I thought that was a little... Of course. Thought, he's like, it's okay. He sprouts wings. For a second, they really got me. flies away. But that's because I wasn't expecting the umbrella contingency. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be the episode title. At least he hooked on the umbrella. He didn't just open it and start floating away like Mary Poppins. At least the um, <laughs> elevator gave warning before it actually fell. Like it started shaking. Yeah. All violently. elevators give warning before falling in movies. <laughs> and that was a very rapid fall. It was like instantly a bullet. Yeah. But like when it he... was weighed down or well, something. Well, have you ever dropped something heavy? Not an elevator. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never dropped oh. an elevator. I thought it was funny, too, when Emma comes and saves them. She just, you know, muscle woman, picks up the grate with one hand and flings it off to the side. Yeah. Anybody else notice that? I well, she didn't fling it. Yeah. She kind of set it. Yeah, but that grate's heavy. Maybe yeah. it is. Well, she's got I muscles. I haven't thought about that. She's got muscles. That thing probably was pretty heavy. <laughs> so when Dr. Harper comes out, Hopper comes out... He has this new resolve of he wants to be the man he really is, and he wants to follow his conscience. So then he responds with a threat back to Regina. Because someday, Madam Mayor, you may find yourself in a custody battle. And you know how the court determines who is a fit parent? They consult an expert, particularly one who has treated the child. So... I suggest that you think about that and you allow me to do my work and let me do it the way my conscience tells me to. That made me happy. She's yeah. losing control. She is. Mm -hmm. All because of Emma. And this was all sort of with the background of the town having a party, apparently, at the accident site. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop-dee-doo, we saved him. Let's all pull out our drinks that we conveniently had with us. <laughs> and the town drank late into the night and the mine collapsed. I can just see, open this cooler for morning. Open this cooler for celebration. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of people had flasks. Two side things that I want to mention. That tiny little side story that we saw of Mary Margaret mm -hmm. and David. Catherine shows up when they're walking outside and it looks like Catherine is disturbed that she sees 
Mary Margaret and David together. Of course, they were just about to kiss, and a wife can probably detect that, or someone who's pretending to be a wife. Supposed wife, yes. Yeah, can probably detect that. (laughs) Or thinks she's a wife. (laughs) And Mary Margaret wants to resign. I think as a result of her conversation earlier with Emma, and she was saying this would just be easier if he wasn't married, Mm -hmm. and and if, uh, if Catherine wasn't so nice, and Emma's like, What would be so easy? (laughs) I think you're a smart enough girl that you know not to get involved with a married man. Trust me. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what Emma said. As if she's been involved with a married man, which makes me wonder who is Henry's dad. Yes. And does it matter? (laughs) I never thought about that. The first job that we saw her doing, the bail bondsman job, Bail bonds person. Bail bonds woman, whatever. <laughs> Wasn't she dealing with a married man? Yes. She yeah, was. I was thinking true. of that. So you think she's just observed, maybe not she's... had personal experience? Yeah. Or maybe that's where her passion to chase cheating married men came from. She <laughs> said to the guy, too, uh, I think you should, how about, no, he, he offered to pay her. And she said, how about you give that money to your wife? And she had a lot of like personal experience yeah, in the he way was, she gave advice. He was out on a date with her. So, or so he thought. Yeah, mm. so he thought. Like he was under the impression that he was out on a blind date and he's a married man. So I'm thinking maybe in that experience that's where her advice came from. Possibly. Or I'm thinking The other the other's possible as well. Yeah, Henry's dad. And I think it is significant who Henry's dad is. Most likely. Hmm. We'll have no idea who that is until later. Ponder, ponder. <laughs> Three things happen at the end. We got to see Mr. Gold's pawn shop, and those dolls were in the pawn shop. Yeah. And, 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 can I say it now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan, you may speak. <laughs> yes, raise your hand. No. Aladdin's <laughs> lamp. Oh, yeah. Right next to the dolls, which is Possibly. funny, because I've seen that episode several times, yeah. and that's the first time I noticed the genie lamp sitting right there. Yeah. I don't think you could is. see it the first time. No. But that it's so prominent like that, mm-hmm. I think it is something we're going to see later because Disney did do Aladdin. Actually, they did several Aladdin movies, but that would be kind of cool. And yeah. actually, we saw the puppets in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, in, we did. In episode three, I believe. With Cinderella when she went in to mm-hmm. steal yeah. the document. I would have stole the four. They just weren't. That was the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So Cinderella should have walked in there, stole the genie lamp, rubbed it, and said, I wish that I could have my baby back. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She just, uh, she didn't know. And I'm not sure if it would work in this world. Anyway, the second thing we noticed was Mary Margaret turns in her resignation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing from the hospital. Yeah. She's a volunteer. Yeah. How how do you resign as a volunteer? Well, you can't just not Not show up. Volunteer program. It's It's a very formal, like, volunteer position. It's probably a formal thing to volunteer for a hospital, too. You can't just show up at a hospital and start helping people. (laughs) I like needles. I want to (laughs) help. I passed operation. (laughs) I'm not a doctor, but I've watched one on TV. (laughs) And the third thing was when... Madam Mayor tosses a shard of glass down the mine shaft, and we see Snow's coffin, or we think is Snow's coffin. And yes. there's this bright, shiny, wormholey looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where? I, it looks like a wormhole right next to the 
right next to the coffin. It's it's really? enchanted. And it, it wasn't just like light shining no, down. It looks like a wormhole no, or, or cave light. light that comes from somewhere. We're gonna have to watch that again. I think it's a wormhole. We'll, we'll have a picture of this in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash five. And do you think that Storybrooke is actually built over fairy tale land? That's the impression I started, I, got. I started to wonder that. Although that implies that fairy tale world is in our world yeah. and it's in Maine. <laughs> or it's buried under Maine. And they had to, they were brought down there and then they had to mine their ways back up to the surface well, to do, survive. Do also remember that Rumpelstiltskin's dungeon was built in a mine mm-hmm. mm. and with dwarf blood with dwarf blood <laughs> so <laughs> oh and one other thing <laughs> crickets are back mm-hmm. which is cool crickets are back. Have to listen. And everyone's celebrating or were they ever there in the first place <laughs> <laughs> crickets are back let's drink to that did we already talk about the title sequence because we always mention that but i don't think we did today and oh. what was in it what was in it? It was a spindle. I was going to say, was is it called a spindle? But yep. it, yeah, with the wheel and the yeah, like you would use. What's a sp- if you were Rumpelstiltskin to spin gold Spinning thread? Well, it, it is the same kind that we saw him using. Yes. It made Let's me talk think about- of snow. No, wait. It made me think of Sleeping Beauty because yeah. s- spindle and spinning touch wheel the spindle of the spinning wheel and die. <laughs> so I was thinking of that. I was kind of. I was kind of surprised that it was Rumpelstiltskin's. Let's talk about Lost references. Apollo Bar. Yep, Apollo Bar. Apollo Bars don't exist, but they did in Lost. And they showed them plenty of times in this. I wonder if they'll exist now. Like, I wonder if someone's going to come up and make an (laughs) Apollo Bar. They'd probably have to license it with ABC. There's also the idea, like, the shaft uh, in the mine shaft here in Storybrooke and the, the hatch that Jenny lost. doesn't know about. With I know about there. the hatch. What? Ah. Uh, well, yes, as usual, we don't over-explain our lost trail. references. Yeah. But yeah, and even I found the mine site reminiscent of something. I'm enjoying lost. watching yeah. these two, though, just to sort of put put out the lost references, unless they just jump out at you. But uh, enjoying almost like without them, too. The other thing that was maybe not so much a reference as something that was similar it shows maybe the way the writers think it it almost felt like the fairy was laying down a ground rule for the story that they also kind of laid down in lost which is Mm -hmm. dead is dead she was like i can't bring them back the couple that got turned into the puppets yeah but i can do this for you so we don't have to for lack of a better term worry about oh anyone who dies can be brought back because there's magic Mm -hmm. they've kind of eliminated that so that there can still be tension in the story and you can worry about someone who's going to die. Presumably Snow White wasn't actually dead, just cursed. Well, she said something about the glass coffin gave her paws, so how she know that if she's actually dead? True. But later Those honey on, crisp apples. <laughs> later in episode two, Maleficent did say it was a sleeping potion. Right, true. Uh, or one of them in that conversation, though, between them, they said it was a sleeping potion. Any other lost references caught in this? Mm, not from me. Okay. Listeners, we would love to hear from you either what you caught as a lost reference or just your thoughts and ideas on our theories, or maybe you've got your own theories on each of these issues or something that we missed. We'd love to hear from you. 
our feedback information is that you can email us feedback at oncepodcast.com. You can send an audio file or just write your feedback information in an email and send it to us. Or you can call in to our voicemail line at 903-231-2221. And the show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash five. So you can check out some of the screenshots of the things that we mentioned and get a reminder of what we talked about with this. As you're at the site, oncepodcast.com, please make sure that you subscribe to the show. And if you aren't already subscribed in iTunes, even if you don't use iTunes, it would help us a lot if you click that iTunes subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. Five stars would be great. And that would really help us out because the more feedback and comments that we get on our presence in iTunes, the more likely we'll get featured and the more listeners we can get and the more theories and conversation and discussion we can have going. So then we can end up talking less and you, our listeners, talking more. And that's what we'd love to do is hear from you more. So send us your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. You can follow the show on Twitter at oncepodcast, or you can follow me personally, Daniel J. Lewis, on Twitter as The Ramen Noodle. Chinese Nook. I'm Fleegon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn Design. And we would really appreciate then. You can also send us messages through Twitter and send us screenshots or point out things to us. Send us links to interesting articles or information. Tell us what you like about the show. And now that we're almost caught up, we will be on target to have episodes right after the episodes air on tv we'll be recording our episodes so we can get into this flow with you guys and start talking about these episodes as we see them coming we hope that you'll stick around and give us lots of feedback and make this show more dynamic with your thoughts and theories once again the show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash five i'm daniel j lewis i'm Jenny Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Dan Flynn. And remember, you're going to die. (laughs) You need elf tonic. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.